my friends, reading this evening from the Gospel, Mark's account of Jesus' rejection at Nazareth, that in Jesus' own hometown, they rejected him because he was too familiar to them. He was too familiar. This person that we grew up with, that we know, who's from our hometown. Now, Nazareth is nothing to write home about. Nazareth is really, it still is today, a very backwater area of the Holy Land. And so you're telling me this person from our hometown? Look, I'm from Waterbury. Nothing great comes from Waterbury. I love Waterbury, but if you want to tell me that someone great is going to come from Waterbury, like, I'm from Waterbury, that doesn't happen. Uh, And so in a real way, uh, the natives of Nazareth take offense at Jesus. Now, in this, in a particular way, this shows us what those 30 years of the Lord's hidden life must have been like, because now that he's doing his public ministry, it's not like, oh yeah, that kid was special from day one. He was curing his friends in grammar school. Any stories like that are nonsense. Our Lord didn't do that. Our Lord lived a very ordinary life. During that time before his public ministry, he lived a very ordinary life with his mother and foster father. Our Lord lived, he blended in in the ordinary daily stuff. And then those now in Nazareth reject him because it's too ordinary. It's too close to home. I think oftentimes in our own lives, we can want the big things. We want those big miracles, those big events. You know, I can pray to God in a beautiful church, but can I find God in my own home? Or even, I can find God in a beautiful basilica. If you go, you know, on any pilgrimages, these beautiful European churches. But right here in our own parish church, how do we find the Lord? It's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus, but right here at home. At home, can I live the life of holiness? At home, in my daily events, the ordinary daily events. For the, those who lived in Nazareth, it was too much to expect that they would encounter the Lord in their own hometown. We can't commit that same error. There are supposed to be saints right here in New Britain, right here at St. Francis Parish. Real saints who they should tell stories about in the years, decades, months, generations to come. Real saints right here in our parish, in our own hometown. And I think one of the particular ways that we reject the ordinary daily stuff is in our ordinary daily struggles, in our ordinary daily crosses, when things don't go away. Look, when it's all going my way, you know, when the Red Sox are 19 and 0, it's easy to be a Red Sox fan. When they're not, then it's a little harder. When it's not quite going my way, in those daily struggles, those daily crosses. St. Paul talks about that in this section from his second letter to the Corinthians. The angel of Satan, who was assigned to him to beat him, from keep him to keep him from being too elated. Now, by scripture scholars, this has been interpreted in a multitude of ways. We don't know what St. Paul is actually talking about. It could be a real case of demonic interference in his mission. It could be that he was afflicted with some illness. Uh, Some people uh, believe that St. Paul was afflicted with epilepsy or another uh, similar illness. Or he could be referring to, and this is something I learned in my scripture studies, to the people he's been, uh, that the whole letter has been about for the last two chapters, the super apostles, who are kind of following up everything Paul's doing and saying, nope, he's wrong, don't listen to him, he's just Paul, and we have the real gospel. So Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, is really combating those people who are trying to obstruct his mission. But whatever the case may have been, St. Paul doesn't say, you know, 
I'd be a really good apostle if just this didn't happen. He does that in his prayer. Lord, take this away from me, a thorn in the side, a thorn in his flesh. Take it away from me, Lord. Three times he asks, take it away from me. And the response from the Lord, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. How much is it the case that, you know, oh, if I just got a little bit more sleep last night, I could really pray well in the morning, but I didn't, so I'm going to sleep in a little. I'm not going to say some prayers in the morning. If I just, you know, wasn't stuck in traffic, I would be a little bit nicer to people when I got home. You know, all of these excuses that we use in the midst of our daily life, well, it's in those, it's in those daily events that God calls us to be faithful, to be loving, not outside of those. My grace is sufficient for you even when you're caught in traffic. My grace is sufficient for you even when you're impatient with the same person again and again and again. My grace is sufficient for you in all of these crosses. We could be like the people of Nazareth. It's too familiar. It's too much. Get rid of the ordinary difficulties and everything's going to be easy. But tonight the Lord calls us that even in the midst of those, even in the midst of those, we're still called to be great saints. In fact, in and because of those, that's the stuff that makes us real saints. It's not some far-off dream, some far-off ideal. It's today. Today, how is God making me a saint? Right here in the ordinary stuff. We can't be like the people of Nazareth with our eyes closed to that. It's too ordinary. No. That's exactly where God works. By the grace of our Lord, by the grace that is sufficient for us, given to us by the Lord. May we be faithful and heroic in the small daily tasks, so that in those we can be made into great saints.